This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's begin now. Saturday at noon. You get two hours of these uh, of these two rambunctious dudes. Nick Price, myself, Dusty Likens. Welcome to the show. Live and local, 610 Sports Radio. This is Out of Bounds. It's been a minute. It's been quite a while. That's all right. We sprinkle around on other things as well. The drive. Cody and Gold. I really dropped in on Fesco in the morning in quite a while. It has been a minute. Yep. Those are early mornings, man. A typical millennial way to start the show. <laughs> Saying things have been a minute. Here's one uh, Here's one way to start the show. I have these notes, but I gotta say I'm just fired up to be here today. It's pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. Woo! Woo! Which is funny that you do that. Because my phone just went off. And it said, when will the... Trendy millennial aesthetic become tacky. It's like they're listening to us. They've always got the phone hacked. They're always listening to it. I think so. I mean, I mean, how else is Google showing me ads for things that I've thought about and never said out loud? It's very interesting. It's the, the tracking device. Yeah. Uh, fun show today. Got two hours. K State's pregame starts at two o'clock here on Six Ten Sports Radio. They tip off at three o'clock. I mean, I hate to be that guy, but it's their second last game of the season, which is good for us. Sounds great. Yeah. Could have a lot of fun Saturdays in the future. A lot of plans moving forward with the Big 12 tournament. More as that develops, we'll give you some more news on that that does involve myself and Nick Price. The future is looking bright. Um, We'll get to this later, but I mean, this guy just absolutely butchered this. Good evening, I'm Ken Bastida. Dana is off tonight. He was murdered and then set on fire while celebrating his birthday. Good hell. Oh, man. The importance of pauses. So the, re- yeah. the reason that's funny to me is because in my college degree, we had to go back, um, and it was digital media productions at the University of Central Missouri. Shout out Darren Plummer and Joe Moore, um, Eric Newsom, and many others. It was fun because we had to do camera work you had to write a little bit you had to do radio stuff you had to do tv stuff we had to anchor you can catch like old videos of myself uh on central television 
or I think it was like, yeah, I think it was Central TV. Um, and uh, it was always told to like have good pauses in between transitions and not to sound like this guy. Good evening, I'm Ken Bastida. Dana is off tonight. He was murdered and then set on fire while celebrating his birthday. I mean, sounds like a fun birthday. Uh, we'll get into more into that a little bit later. Good thing they gave him the day off, though. Yeah, because he was celebrating, apparently, as he was uh, setting himself on fire on his birthday. But uh, someone who's setting the world on fire, especially in Kansas City, is Patrick Mahomes. And you ask yourself, Dusty, how in the world is there Patrick Mahomes content at the beginning of March? It's never going to stop, is what I can honestly answer with that. And the reason why it's never going to stop is because it's crazy to me that right now Patrick Mahomes already gets it from a financial standpoint. It's insane because we always ask ourselves every day, what can Patrick Mahomes do that can surprise us in the future? Is it with his arm? Is it with his talents? Is it with his, you know, leadership skills? And this article came out written by the great Therese Paler about Mahomes' contract coming forward. And Mahomes had this to say, when asked about it, he said, when you look back on your career at the end of your career, you want to look back and see a lot of success, a lot of wins, a lot of Super Bowl wins. Hopefully, it's something where I want to look back and see a lot of success, Mahomes told Therese Paler of Yahoo Sports. Quote, obviously, I want to get a contract. Obviously, I want to provide for my family um, for a long time and do everything like that. But what I want to make sure is that I do it the smart way and I do it the right way. And so I don't know exactly which way it is yet. I know that my people and the Chiefs people will talk about it and will do it at the right time and for the betterment of the team. But I'm excited to be a Kansas City Chief for a very long time, and I know that it's going to be handled the right way because the people of the Kansas City Chiefs in their organization. This is interesting, right? Patrick Mahomes gets it, and he's also came from a background where he didn't come from poverty. That's not a outlandish take it's just obvious like Patrick Mahomes dad was an MLB player his dad made money he never had to worry about money I don't think to a certain degree and I think he's also been taught that where the money comes in is through endorsements advertising yes you can get paid as an athlete we all know that but I think that it was part of his growing up that his dad and the teammates of his dad and the locker rooms that he was in and the players that he met as a young lad are the ones that told him, like, hey, yeah, you can get a big contract, but I'll tell you what, man, a lot of the money comes from, like, if you get sponsored by, oh, I don't know, Adidas or water companies or Oakley, like, all those places, they give you the money, right? They give you the sponsorships to give you the money, and to be honest with you, to wrap his quote up, the more successful you are, the more championships you win, the more those endorsements are going to roll in. Right, because when you're looking at an, an, like NFL players and their contracts, there's a salary cap. There's a max deal for a reason. There's no max. There's no cap on what you can make in endorsements. And, I mean, the guy's already incredibly marketable when it comes to, like, you know, he's got the hairstyle, the Oakley look, the headband, all that kind of stuff. And he's also the best quarterback in the NFL right now. And so he realizes that going to more Super Bowls and being the best quarterback on the best team for years to come yeah. is going to be way more profitable in the long run than taking more money now and inhibiting them from going back to multiple Super Bowls in the future. Which is something that you want to see because your quarterback obviously is going to get that contract. And I think a lot of people have said, oh, he's going to get you know five years, $200 million, get $140 million guaranteed, or he's making $40 million a year, which... I think he could make $40 million a year. I don't know if he's going to get the five-year contract now. If you think and you read between the lines and you take an estimated guess on what Patrick Mahomes is kind of thinking about, 
but maybe there's the possibility that he takes a three to four year deal and gets paid very lucratively at the top, like right away. And then after that, it's like, Hey, I make a lot of money doing this outside of playing football. I know where I can get other money. Whereas like guys like Chris Jones, who are basing their careers on the big salary or the big contract don't necessarily have the endorsements that Patrick Mahomes will get like Oakley or like Adidas or eventually, or I guess he's already got head and shoulders. He's going to get more and more ads. And when Patrick Mahomes says as a 24 year old kid or man, you can call him whatever you want. When he says that at that age, you just hear that he gets it because he knows that it is a trickle down effect. You have to be successful in this league. You have to build your, you know, clout early on. Patrick Mahomes has already got a Super Bowl MVP. He's already got a league MVP. He's already got a Super Bowl title. He's played two full years, two years. And you move on from that, eventually everybody else wants a piece of that pie, right? Everybody wants, hey, I want to endorse. I want to send Patrick Mahomes an endorsement. I want him to, you know, represent this. I want Patrick Mahomes to represent this. And when you are that good and you have that many sponsorships coming in your way, you can pick which ones you want. And I remember Rob Gronkowski and Marshawn Lynch saying they didn't spend very much, if any, of their NFL contract money. They just let their endorsements money be what they used as their spending fees. Rob Gronkowski was the best tight end in the league for five to six years, and he got tons of endorsements, some that we didn't see because we don't live in the Massachusetts market, but there's some here that Patrick Mahomes will get, like Nebraska Furniture Mart. That guy never has to pay for furniture or TVs again in his life. Right. Never has to. Patrick Mahomes never has to pay for an expensive pair of sunglasses. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. Eventually, it's going to move down State Farms with Patrick Mahomes. And again, two full years he's been a player. He knows the money's coming in. And we remember when he first started playing in the league and he started setting the world on fire, endorsements were rolling in. And he was even at the point where he was like, yeah, I'll take off some of these. I'm not going to take all of these. And as his career expands, as he gets better and the more success he brings in, Patrick Mahomes is going to continue to get endorsements, and that money's always going to be there. Yeah, I think that he's in a really unique position, and he realizes that too because, like, in the NFL, players aren't as marketable as, let's say, like the NBA as far as, like, every player because, you know, it's really about, like, the quarterbacks and the big stars on offense and maybe a couple guys on defense, but he's the quarterback of the most explosive offense. And also, it's interesting, you brought up his upbringing of not coming from poverty or coming from, you know, tough times. Like, that can, when you are when you are brought up in that kind of situation, you can be really driven by money because you've never had it and you want to provide. And obviously he wants to provide, but he's been able to kind of go at this a different way to where he's looking more at like greatness and making his money outside of football or outside of the paycheck that Clark Hunt signs. And so, you know, I, it's just, it's great to see from such a young guy that he already gets it. And that's pretty much playing quarterback junior year of high school. That's why I really started playing quarterback until now, which is I think six years I just really... You've only been playing quarterback six years? Well, I started years? playing my junior year of high school. I was playing safety, I was playing safety a little bit of quarterback, yeah. So That's I literally... Crazy. I didn't it's understand crazy. how to read defenses until like halfway through last year. I understood coverages, but how to be able to pick up little tendencies defenses do, stuff that Brady and them have done, they that they, they, they know they it and they just yeah, do second it. Second nature. I was just playing. <laughs> there <laughs> he is. And then this year, I could, I could actually recognize more and more stuff and I think the more experience and the more I learn, then I'll be able to go out there and call plays and do that different stuff because I've seen it. And I still think there's a, there's a long way for me to go there. And that's where mentally I think I can get better. Physically, I feel like I've, 
I've done a lot of stuff. I always work on the fundamentals and doing that stuff. But I think mentally, I can still take my game to a whole nother level. So to piggyback on the first topic that we did about Patrick Mahomes, the second one, that audio is from HBO, as he will be on the shop tonight, or as Jay Bigley called it yesterday, he'll be on the barbershop. <laughs> Swear to God. Um, and so that audio there is not only frightening for me to hear as someone who covers that team, covers that athlete, is in the sports world, because you think about it and you're like, okay, used to be a safety my mind thinks, what if he was a safety? Like him and Tyron Matthew in the backfield, that'd be kind of interesting. But the thing is, is that he hasn't really been playing just quarterback and only for about six and a half years. The other thing is that he completely understands that he's still got much more to learn, but the fact that he has much more to learn, and like we said earlier, he has the MVP, the Super Bowl, and the Super Bowl MVP all under his belt already – and the fact that he just started learning how to read defenses halfway through the 2018 year, which puts you at about eh, that Rams game, which makes you think the 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, half of it was just, just like winging it, which is athleticism. Yeah. And you hear the guy in the background, I don't know who else is with Maverick Carter on the shop, but it'll be on tonight on HBO. You don't also like the guys like, oh, there's a guy throw it. Like that's literally like, I don't mean to sound like a lame duck, but like, that's literally what it was. For Patrick Mahomes, it was a pure athleticism, instinct, and talent before he's even, like, cracked down and realized, like, oh, yeah, I haven't been able to call my plays yet because I don't necessarily understand the full aspect of what defense are trying to do, and now it's starting to click. And my main point from this is success is going to continue to come because Patrick Mahomes is 100% a prodigy. He's going to be looked at, if he's not already looked at, as the best quarterback currently in the NFL. People will say, well, it's Brady till he retires or it's Rodgers, whatever you want to say it is. I'll go out on a limb, which is not a very strong or long limb, but that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. It's debatable, but I will listen to everybody's point. But I mean, the way that this kid portrays himself, the fact that he's 24 years old, the fact that he's this humble, this good, this early, because Nick, to me, the absolute peak prime position age for a quarterback is around 27 to 32. That's the window. Patrick Mahomes will be 25 in September. He's still two years, two and a half years away from the peak time position for a quarterback, and he's still got that much more to learn. And if he's already this good and only played six years in the, as the quarterback or six and a half years, whatever you want to call it, and he's still progressively getting better and learning, what happens when he figures it all out? Is it something we've never seen? Is it something that is going to be just earth-shattering? That is, okay, nobody's ever going to be this good again? All I know is the fact that he knows it, and now the league knows it, and it's scary as hell. Oh, very scary. And we've talked about it on this show before about how that's, you know, that 27 to 32 range that you're talking yeah. about where you're in your peak, that's when you've really, like, mentally figured the game out and really, like, can manipulate defenses and figure out what's audible to, what kind of plays right. to run, all that kind of stuff. And we always thought that maybe he was catching on a little bit early. It seems like he's just now getting the game from that standpoint. So if he's able to accomplish 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, almost going to a Super Bowl without even being able to really read a defense. Right. And he's only six years into this whole quarterback thing. Correct. I mean, sky's the limit, man. The, the prodigy is real. The Super Bowl MVP is there. The Super Bowl is there. The MVP is there. He's 24 years old. He's got much more to learn. He's just getting started. Coming up, we told you all year they're the heel, and now they're just showing it, well, to a whole nother level. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. 
Oh yeah, this is the slap the bass intro. This song reminds me of the NBA Street video game. Oh yeah. No, this is a loading screen song for sure. Yeah. Very sure it is a loading screen song. Yeah. In fact, the one song that I always played was the Reminiscent of Me, which is a great song. But that's what this song sounds like. Ooh, then they hit the sax. This fits Kansas City. March Madness is right around the corner. Big 12 tournament starts next Wednesday as the early round games will be probably like K-State, Iowa State, Texas, and who else will be in that first rounds of games? West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, they'll be there. Yep. Everybody's anticipating a Baylor-KU trifecta mm-hmm. on that Saturday afternoon. I don't know about, yeah, I'm kind of nervous about the coronavirus affecting the tournament. Um that or just there's only like really two good teams in the entire tournament, uh, Kansas and Baylor, and hopefully they get to the final and then you get the turnout that you want. Um, obviously, there's a lot of talk about attendance. We'll get into that a little bit later about how this epidemic is just globally affecting a lot of things, and it's affecting players as well as LeBron James weighed in on it last night after his tremendous outing against, well, the Greek freak who they think is going to win back-to-back MVPs, but we all know LeBron's the better one. Speaking of basketball, though, it is – Time to talk a little KU sports and a little bit of KU basketball. I bring this up because we started this year off telling you exactly what KU was going to be, exactly how Bill Self was going to handle this situation, and they've not let us down yet. As soon as Bill Self cut the promo commercial in black and white with the chain around his neck, picking up a Snoop Dogg record in the, in the record store, having Snoop Dogg come to Late Night at the Fog, the way that he was like, well, I didn't really watch uh, much of the concert. You know, I left after the first couple of songs. We know he didn't because he was at the press conference afterwards. So and he, he said, I'm a fan, though. He is. Kansas, this is an interesting year because this is a year in which the NCAA tournament doesn't have a Zion Williamson. It doesn't have a John Morant. There's no real one player is going to take over the entire spectrum where everybody's going to watch at one point where they're going to look down and they're going to say, oh, so-and-so's playing today at 6 o'clock on CBS. I'm going to watch that game for them. This is a year in which Kansas is going to enter the tournament as the number one overall seed. Seton Hall, Dayton, Gonzaga, all those teams below them, not going to get above them. I just don't think they can. Kansas has three losses on their record so far. You want to throw an RPI, their losses are to Baylor, Duke, Villanova. When they lost to Duke, it was early in the year. When they lost to Villanova, it was early in the year. When they lost to Baylor, they didn't have their entire team. They played Baylor again, waxed them. Now they're on a roll. They are the team to beat. They have the number one possibility to be in the number one overall seed. They're probably going to start out in Omaha, move their way in. And this is a year in which the NCAA has a really big time and moment to look at themselves in the mirror and think how corrupt they really are, right? Memphis, this season, gets completely derailed because of the allegations that they get where there's a kid that's moving uses a coach. And now you're having other radio hosts go out there, like a guy that used to work at 610, DA, and say stuff like this. Is Kansas the only one cheating? Hell no. But they're going to be the number one overall seed in what's supposed to be a feel-good tournament, and their coach is going to be nailed with lack of institutional control and allowed to coach throughout the tournament. This could be a scenario where Kansas wins the national championship and ultimately has to vacate it. We could have one of those situations where, yeah, okay, Kansas wins, but we know it's coming down. It's a Fugazi banner because the NCAA is not going to allow them 
to keep that up. No, they are. That's the only point I disagree with D.A. As I think that this team won't have to take down a banner if they win this year because everything is from the previous years, not this year. Right. So here's where I get involved with KU and why this is interesting to me. I don't like the NCAA. I watch the games. I follow players in college basketball. I'm not necessarily attached to any teams. I'll root for the local schools. But for myself, this is exactly what the NCAA needs. Yeah, Bill Self got caught. Just like other coaches in the past have been caught. He tried to recruit players. He had his right-hand man going out, try to get Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson went to Duke. We know that Zion Williamson didn't go to Duke for, or didn't go to Duke for a, a business degree. We know that there was some sort. We don't know. We allegedly think that there's something that's been going on. And there was probably some sort of negotiations for Zion to go to Duke. Okay. I, I'm just letting you know the college basketball scheme is not as clean as everyone thinks it is. And when KU gets caught, they're not the only one. I agree with DA there. Is Kansas the only one doing it? No. Is Bill Self going to probably miss some games if he sticks around in college? Probably. Bayheim missed six games when Syracuse was under scrutiny. This is the problem with the NCAA. They act as if they are the final resolution of this is what happens when you get caught. This is what happens when you do this. And a team like Kansas who got caught for doing tampering, texting, messing with money with Adidas, who Kansas is the number one school for Adidas. And then here's your example. Bill Self knows they're probably going to get some sanctions. Bill Self knows he's probably going to get flagged for a suspension of a couple games. Bill Self knows that there's a chance that he's going to lose some scholarships. But yet they still maintain the course. They own the bad guy role, and they're going out there, and they're just kicking everybody's ass, and they don't care where they are in the tournament. They're still going to play in this year's tournament. They're the best team entering the tournament, and they have a legitimate shot at winning the entire thing. And when they do, the NCAA is going to absolutely roll over its live grave. It's kind of getting to the boiling point of this whole thing because for years now, everybody's known pretty much that the NCAA has this big problem of them being completely inconsistent and being unjust in their decision-making and all this. But I think that this is a boiling point to where, you know, Bill Self did kind of take it onto his team, and he's like, hey, let's go out there and show them that the tampering or whatever they're alleging is not what has made us a really good team. Like we're a really good team without that. I think that's been a driving force this year, but this is really the boiling point because you haven't seen it on like you've seen cases here and there, but you haven't really seen a case where the best team in the country is under scrutiny like this and going out there and showing that they're the best team in the country and really just kind of giving a big middle finger to the NCAA yeah. and going into the biggest one of the biggest and most anticipated sporting events of the year is the number one team in the country, the number one overall seed with all of this hanging over their head. I mean, it's just at the end of the day, the NCAA is just going to get embarrassed either way that this plays out, you know? Yeah. And I think that the thing that's crazy about this is there's a lot of times in NCAA where these type of things come down on a team and they're not the same. The most recent example would be Memphis, mm -hmm. right? Memphis has a chance to be one of the best teams to start this year. And then their player gets suspended. Granted, it was one of their best players. I don't know if Silvio DeSosa is one of Kansas' best players. He's a top five, mm. right? Mm. Who's your top five KU players on this team? Uh, probably the starting five. I would put David McCormick above him. I'd put Christian Brown above him. Yeah. It just you put Christian Brown over with his small sample size over DeSosa? Yeah. With his size and his I mean, agility? I mean, you want to talk about small sample size, Silvio. 
Yeah, but he was still good on that Final Four run. He was. Like, not, yeah. I mean, no, like he's athletic, he's got right. size, and he's got a lot of potential. But, you know, you're talking about Memphis with James Wiseman. Right. Memphis, as far as like a couple of weeks ago, I was looking into the numbers and everything. They're one of the best defensive teams in the country. But Correct. you've seen that that them coming down on, on Memphis for Penny Hardaway and all of the stuff that was going on there. Right it really affected them and it really affected them in a big way, but also it's inconsistent with everything else that they've been doing throughout this whole improper benefits from Adidas and whatever. So I don't know. Like, I just think that at the end of the day, Kansas is motivated because they know that if they win the national championship, that that's going to be a bigger dig at the NCAA than anything that they could possibly do. And that's, what's great about this is like, this isn't like going out rooting for the Astros because everybody hates the Astros because the Astros cheated. Like the Astros right. like legitimately blatantly. blatantly cheated, banging on trash cans, stealing video, wearing buzzers, all allegedly that we think the wearing buzzers and maybe it's just hiding a bad tattoo that said somebody's name. But the thing about Kansas is that the NCAA is so corrupt and it, it's just such an evil organization that when this happens to the NCAA, you should root for it. Because it's not like this doesn't happen. It's not like Kansas is the first school or the only school to be, oh, well, we tamper with players. Or like our head coach just got a little sloppy and got caught with text messages. It is what it is. What I'm saying about this is the fact that like the NCAA has such a history of not being fair that now when the NCAA is trying to do what they do and then the team that they are under the microscope of looking at is what's been doing wrong for the last couple of years is the best team in a tournament where you don't have the star-powered player. Like, I'm not saying that, like, attendance will be down at this year's March Madness tournament, but there isn't that superstar player. The best way to win this tournament this year is the team that has the best core of guys that have been there the longest. Dotson's a sophomore, has completely turned his game around, and is arguably an All-American. First team All American. He's going to probably be first or second team All American. Yeah. Doke, senior year, absolutely been just a force to be reckoned with in the paint this year. Most likely will be a first team All American. Here's this Kansas team that everybody knows had Snoop Dogg at their concert. People were getting down with the wacky tobacco of the concert. There were stripper poles, money guns, all this stuff. And it all goes to the head coach because the head coach says this Hey, only thing left to do this year is to win the whole damn thing. Just like the manager in major league, your owner hates you. The league doesn't like you or respect you. And all you can do now is go out there and win it. I'm not comparing the two. I'm saying the attitude for bill self taking the role as the heel, because before this, everybody said, Oh, bill self does it right. Bill self gets it done on a national level. There might've been some people that had some stories they knew about. They didn't say. And now all of a sudden, this is the biggest story on bill self's bad record that he is doing this, reaching out, text messaging these people, having these people go to these conferences and illegally recruit players. And now all of a sudden, with all of this on him and all this scrutiny, Bill Self has the best team in the tournament. He has the be- one of the best teams he's ever had at Kansas and does have a legitimate shot at winning the entire thing. And then you can think about what Bill does after this. Oh, you're going to suspend me for half a season next year? Don't worry about it. I'm going to go take a job in the NBA. Yeah, and also, you know, one thing that just really muddies the water here, too, is that even before the Adidas scandal or anything like that, people have been upset with the NCAA about how they profit off of these student-athletes with the student-athletes not getting any of it. And so this is kind of like, it's just one of those, another case of conflicting views from the NCAA of saying, this is okay, this is not okay. And at the end of the day, like I said earlier, Dusty, KU wins the national title, it's going to be Terrible, terrible news for the NCAA. I love it. Um, I think we're really at this point with the global scare. Out of bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio.
Back in on Out of Bounds, Dusty Likens, Nick Price. Side note, if you're feeling generous or feeling like a good human being, you can go to my profile, at Dusty Likens on Twitter. You can share the story of my friend Kira. She was diagnosed with a brain tumor, then given three to ten years to live. Sad story, but she's happy. She's moving forward with it. She's going to beat it. We're going to beat it. So if you have time to give a slight donation or just time to share it, I would appreciate it greatly. She's a good friend of mine. She's a rock star. She's got a great personality. She's not letting this bring her down. She's fighting a good fight, and I'm doing it with her. So I appreciate anybody that helps or shares or does whatever you need to do, and I appreciate everyone that's out and about on your Saturday afternoon. It's nice outside. It's a glorious day. It's a little windy. kind of pisses me off because I want to play golf. Tough to play golf in the wind. I am playing golf, and you told me that it was windy. We went outside right before, get a little fresh air before right. the show. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty windy out there. Golfers will always tell you they'd you rather keep it low, man. Golfers will always say they'd rather play in the rain than they play in the wind. You can you can bet I'm going to try a Tiger Woods stinger at some point. It's probably not going to go well. No, nope. if you compare yourself to Tiger Woods, it's never going to go well unless you have a bad back. Well, that yeah, because he announced yesterday that he's not going to play in the players uh, the players championship next week. Um. I looked into it. I was kind of worried about my guy, Eldrick. And then I told myself, well, I'll read a little bit more into this. So I read a little bit more into it. And at the end of the article, it was like, it's not as severe as you might think reading it, but it is to a point where it's all about the Masters. And the Masters is right around the corner because the greatest time in sports is right around the corner. You get March Madness, you get opening day, and then you get the Masters. And that lets you just kind of know that the cold, the depressing winter of slow sports and everything like that and all these jabronis that are so in love with the XFL that it's all coming. Mm-hmm. And then it's just baseball, it's summer, it's all this, and then it's training camp, mini camp, mandatory camp, preseason, boom, you're right back into watching your Super Bowl championship Chiefs play and telling you that, you know that you can hear Chiefs coverage from now on right here on 610 Sports Radio as a flagship of the Kansas City Chiefs. You hear the Mitch Holtis, uh, which is really weird hearing that now. I know. Uh, it's no. weird in a good way. It's not weird as in like, why is this guy on the radio? It's because he's going to be a partnership with the Kansas City Chiefs and 610 Sports Radio as all of their games will be played on our sister station, 106.5 The Wolf, which is just still insanely good news for us. Yeah, he popped in uh, just kind of like a surprise visit. Yeah. Like last week when I was producing the drive. And, yeah, it's just weird hearing his voice through this board. But yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's like nostalgia coming to you immediately. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm like, this is the voice my dad and I used to listen to in the garage whenever we were thinking the Chiefs could turn it around and they had some bad luck going. we go sit in the car and listen to Mitch. And if it got real bad, my dad would start the car and leave the garage door shut. That's a joke. He never mm. did that. That's that's a little dark. Um, I think it would be funny to get Mitch to just go behind people that work at cubicles here and just scream, touchdown Kansas City, and mm-hmm. film their reaction. Um, that'd be interesting. LeBron James played last night against Giannis, the reigning defending MVP. A lot of people think that Giannis will win back-to-back MVPs. LeBron James probably deserves every year, but that would then be unfair. LeBron on the coronavirus and what it could do to attendance had this to say. We play games without the fans? Yeah. No, it's impossible. I ain't playing. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got the fans in the crowd. That's what I play for. Play for my teammates. Play for I play for the fans. That's what it's all about. So, if I show up to an arena and ain't no fans in there, I ain't playing. So, they can do what they want to do. Thanks right. so much. Appreciate it. Okay, this is tough for me because when it comes to LeBron and that comment, you have to think about the timing of this comment. It was right after a game that he had had. Probably one of the best games of his of his this season. Mm-hmm. I think he had 37, 8, and 8. 
He was playing against the best team in the East or the best team in the West. They're geared up for the playoff run. It's right around the corner as well. That's another thing that happens around this time of year is you get the playoffs that last from, what is it, April to like July? Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. long. So long. Um, and so LeBron saying this is kind of interesting because a lot of people that are fans are like, oh, they're just playing for the contract. They're just playing for money. Dusty, I can't believe you're taking the player's side. Of course I am because LeBron James is right. When you go out there and you play your sport and you're one of the better players in the sport, you don't have to be one of the better players in the sport. You get that extra juice from the fans reaction to a dunk or a touchdown pass. Like imagine if this is tough, but do you think that the athletic skill would be on display as much if there weren't people watching? No, it seemed like a scrimmage, right? And the thing that's crazy about this is that the coronavirus is starting to affect a lot of major sports spectaculars. And that's why earlier I said, I'm not 100% sure what the March Madness tournament is going to look like, let alone the Big 12 tournament. Because it seems like every day we get a little article or we get a news break and it's somebody saying, it's now spread to Nebraska. Somebody in Overland Park has it. There's testing over here. And it's kind of scary to think because... Yeah, safety's first. And I think we're all put on like a little bit of an alert because of what's going on, the way it's being reported. Again, I don't know much about it. I'm not going to act like I do. All I know is you've been told to wash your hands and to go get Periel and get hand sanitizer. Yeah, and I think that the big thing too is that like with this particular uh, virus that's going around right. is the accessibility of the media to be able to push these notifications and everything. It's, it's definitely, true. I mean, it's adding a lot of fear yeah. to the situation, but these are not only, let's preface it by saying that these are conversations that they're having of contingency Correct. plans. Like this is not something that these plans are set in stone, like that they're going to play games without fans there, but it's not just happening in the NBA. Like no. the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo is under question. Right. They might hold the games without fans and just have essential media people there. Same with the NCAA tournament, just thinking about contingency plans and same for the NFL draft. So right. I'm I'm with LeBron here, though, because, you know, without allowing the fans to be able to come and see it, and obviously, like you said, safety first, but without having the fans there. You don't have like, the juice. We're just, playing, we're just playing basketball in an empty gym. Like you remember, point. I don't know if you remember this, Nick, but I remember a couple years ago, I think it was just two years ago, there was a game that got canceled. I think there was like an act of terror or something like that at like Baltimore or Chicago, like the White Sox, and they couldn't play the game that day or that maybe it was just a weather delay, and they played it the next day with zero fans. Mm. There were no fans allowed. I've seen that with like soccer clubs before and too. you could hear the players in the dugout talking conversation, and you could hear them like having one-on-one -on -one with other players, and like the sound of like the pitcher grunting was more evident than it is because there were no fans. It was eerie. It was weird. It's weird, yeah. And to think these athletes don't enjoy, and you think that they might sound cliche when they say, oh, we couldn't do it without the fans. They're 100% right. Like, you, they know that you're paying money to go see the game. They were all kids at one point, too. They have nostalgia where they go back and they look at it and they say, hey, you know what? I loved going to watch X player play. I remember when I was a kid and everybody stood up when Michael Jordan got introduced. Or I got up when, you know, everybody stood up when they introduced Alex Gordon on his rookie day against Kurt Schilling in the Boston Red Sox. I remember like it was yesterday. And to think that you're going there to not play in front of what is basically your number one support is very jaw-dropping, is very eerie, is very strange because of what this is. And again, I get it. We're scared crapless about what this right. is. We're also hooked to links of what's going to be next. You've got 
high political people talking about it. You have news articles where people are taking masks from like Westlake Auto or Westlake um, like hardware store, selling the mask on the internet to make money off of it. You have people making their own hand sanitizer at home, which we'll get to that a little bit later. You have people using vodka to do it. So it's scary. Now, the other part about this is that you do have to have this conversation because it is happening. It's happening in Italy. It's happening in China. It's happening in Seattle. There was a vendor in Seattle that got the, that was affected with the coronavirus in the XFL's league that was just like, all of a sudden, it's like, whoa. And this is one of those things where you're like, oh, well, 3.2 billion people on Earth. Let's see if it gets to, you know, Shawnee Mission, Kansas. Well, if it does, scary as hell. If it doesn't, you're looking at yourself like, well, at least we took precautionary, you know, reasoning behind right. this. And it's also these teams. Like, fans make money for franchises. They buy tickets to park. They buy tickets to sit. They buy food, drinks, everything, merchandise, sales at the, ta- at the places. When they don't do this, like, they just cancel South by Southwest. Yeah. And Carrington brought up a great point yesterday on the drive. Is Coachella next? Is opening day going to be weird at Kauffman Stadium this year? Might be. Are they going to stop giving away hot dogs on buck night and give away hand sanitizer? I have no idea. This country's absolutely scared, and now these athletes are getting introduced to it in a way that it affects them, but not in a virus way, in a way that where people are scared or not able to come watch these athletes play sports. Right. It's a personal thing, too, because you talked about, like, these these players that had dreamed about playing in the NBA and they went and go, went to go see their favorite player growing up and everything. Like what, when you, when you're dreaming about being a professional athlete, what do you think? Like, Oh, you hit the game winning shot and the crowd goes wild. Exactly. Right. And you make the crowd noise in your, <sighs> right. Exactly. Oh, he's it's got always a crowd from three. It you know? never happened in yeah. your life though. No, no. I, but I dreamed about it. You shoot golf balls and heavy winds. I get it. Yeah. No, but, but like, that's it. Like that's, it's so much more about the, just like the heart of the game. And I don't know, it's obviously it's a scary situation and they're having conversations about contingency plans for this. But I personally, I like to hear LeBron talking about how without the fans, it's just not the same because it's it's not, it really isn't. Um, Speaking of something, it's not the same. I never thought Jay Brinkley would be right about chugging beer and ESPN really needs to land this man. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Back in on Out of Bounds. Thanks for joining us. Shortened show today. Only two hours. K-State basketball tips off at 3 o'clock, meaning... Their pregame starts at 2 o'clock. I think this is an interesting text. LeBron does not care about fans. What about when he left all those fans hanging at Blaze Pizza for autographs? But never showed. I don't know the situation to that. That's one situation. I think LeBron cares a lot about the fans. I also think there's a lot of situations where LeBron has had opportunities to interact with fans and he has followed through, so... He also is heavily influenced on social media. He also has, uh, he also won a championship for the land. Like, he didn't, I mean, come on. Like, he had already two championships under his belt, and then he goes to Cleveland to do it for the city. A city that didn't have a championship since, I don't know, Edgar Allan Poe wrote The Raven. And then LeBron goes there and does it for the land. Come on, man. LeBron gets a lot of bad reps. I don't understand. Um, I thought this was interesting. I read an article as I was stumbling through doing prep work the other day as we were, I was helping producing the drive. 
with uh, Sean Levine, shirtless Sean Levine. If you've seen the NFL six uh, ten combine, I didn't think he would do that. I no, not in a hundred years. I didn't think he goes up a little bit in my book. That's that's tough to do. Like I mean, not only did he do it hatless, he did it shirtless, and he ran a fa- he ran a faster forty than Ryan Wachowski. Yeah, God bless Ryan Wachowski. Yeah, he tried. He knows that he's not supposed to run the fastest forty. Right. You know, he like he's he's the kid that you know is probably picked last in dodgeball, but he's not up, he's not you know beat up about it. He knows his role. He's got other possibilities. I mean, he did good on the bench press. He did better than Binkley. Binkley skewed. Yeah, Bink was doing quarter reps. I've just never seen reps like that, so I can't honestly say anything bad about it because I just don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't bench press. I don't lift. I don't need to. No. I'm, I'm in my I'm 32. I don't need to go out and get big. Binkley just he was a lineman, linebacker, had 10 sacks his junior year in high school. If you don't believe me, he'll tell you. He's got every stat record. And he said before the video was shot, I'll give you his exact quote that he gave me and Nick Price today. Hey, what you guys don't know, I did 64 reps for the video show that. I already done 60. I just thought it was funny that you see Binkley doing those reps and then you get the number 72. Mm-hmm. It's like more skewed than Bonds' 73 home runs. Anyways, speaking of Jay Binkley, who I love to death, he's always about chugging beer. And how Binkley hasn't gotten a beer sponsorship yet is beyond me. But two guys in the NFL, one former chief, one current chief, just got exactly that. Per pro football focus, or pro football talk, two players who were fine last year, beer chugging celebrations have received beer sponsorships via Thomas Barbie. Barbie of Fox business chiefs tackle Eric Fisher and Ravens cornerback and former chiefs cornerback Marcus Peters are among the first NFL players to get individual Bud Light sponsorships under new rule. The league passed in 2019. Both were fined $14,037 for beer infused celebrations during the past season. Peters did it in week 14. Fisher did it in the postseason. We all remember when Fisher did it. Also, Getting a sponsorship with Bud Light was Giants receiver Golden Tate, who posted a video on social media in 2018 during which he chugged a beer. So the message to all players is clear. There's a benefit to being seen chugging a beer, even if there's a cost that precedes it. And the NFL surely won't complain because Bud Light agreed to a six-year, $1.4 billion sponsorship with the NFL back in 2015. So yeah, hashtag worth it, right? Absolutely. Which I find hilarious because... Before the Chiefs played the Titans, I think he did the beer chug. I think Fisher did the beer chug against the Texans. And before they played the Titans, um, Mitchell Schwartz was talking to the media. And I just happened to be there. And I said, hey, you know, I have a question. You know, how cool is it seeing uh, Fisher chug a beer uh, during the touchdown celebration? And Mitchell Schwartz's exact quote was, well, we've been told not to talk about it, but it was pretty cool. And it's like, I get why they're not supposed to talk about it because at the time he was getting fined $14,000 for it and he was chugging beer, which isn't really the best look. But then again, it's 2020. We all need to grow up and just realize these guys are having fun and that they're all young as well. And then, oh, by the way, you might have done something wrong according to the NFL, a.k.a. the No Fun League, but you're getting paid for it by Bud Light. And now they sponsor you. And now if you are a Bud Light fan, even if you're not, you're getting free beer and free sponsor, not free sponsorship, but you're getting paid for it. Right. And also, like, one of the biggest conversations of last offseason was all of these NFL players at different sporting events just chugging beers when they get put on the Jumbotron. Like, it's not it's not something that is 
such a problem that the NFL, the no fun league, has to really step down on or anything. And you right. know, I get it. They have rules. You know, don't it's drink beer. don't drink beers during games. Sure, right. fine. Hit me with a fine. But Which I don't think Fisher got any of it in his mouth. No, he definitely didn't. But also, like at the same time, you talk about worth it. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Like it's just it's trendy. I see why Aaron Rodgers didn't get a sponsorship because he couldn't chug worth a crap. He had, like, oh, so he had such a weak chug. Well, Aaron Rodgers just really flipped his career narrative around. Also, speaking of their career being flipped around, ESPN is preparing to offer Peyton Manning eighteen to twenty million dollars a year to serve as their lead analyst for Monday Night Football. Uh, per M. McCarthy Rev, Manning has met with ESPN executives over this the last few days. This story broke March fifth at about five thirty. It's clearly obvious, right? ESPN is bad on Monday Night Football because they don't have a good commentator in the last couple of years. Jason Witten was atrocious. Booger McFarlane is Booger McFarlane. And if you put a name like Peyton Manning, who hasn't done this before, people will tune in for commentary. I'm just telling you that Peyton Manning has a knack of being able to talk to the people in a way that someone who was so great can make it relatable to other audiences. And I always have used this when it comes to head coaches in the NFL that are successful over guys that had great careers in the NFL that were successful that don't relate to the NFL as a coach, a la Jim Harbaugh, right? Jim Harbaugh knows what you have to do to get by because he didn't have that natural given talent that like Peyton Manning had. Now, Peyton Manning may not be a great head coach, but analytically, Peyton Manning can be a great analyst. And Peyton Manning could really bring some humor, some fun to ESPN. When there's a dog game, he can kind of break it down in a way that you haven't heard somebody do it because Tony Romo's doing it. Right. And Tony Romo's really good at what he does. And Tony Romo's been paid $18 million by CBS to do this. And now Peyton Manning's name is still floating around, and no one has Peyton Manning under their wing since he's been retired. He also does stuff on ESPN Plus with Peyton's Place or Peyton's Palace. And now he is a sought-after free agent who can make a lot of coin doing something that he knows how to do, and he can bring ESPN's viewership back to being a little bit more tolerable than what it was before with guys that just didn't really bring it on the, on the, on the, uh, as an analyst on ESPN. Right. We were talking about this in the bullpen earlier about how like ESPN, you've noticed over the last couple of years, has been trying all this different stuff with their broadcast about like changing the graphics and doing all this animated stuff, trying to boost the product, but it all comes down to your commentators. And clearly people like what Tony Romo is doing of breaking it down from a football mindset of a quarterback and reading defenses and being able to kind of predict what's coming up next. That's a lot of money though. I can see why some of the players have been speaking out about how, Hey, if Tony Romo is getting $17 million a year, we're going to need more money because I was looking at Peyton Manning's contract over the years. The most he ever made was his con his first contract with the Broncos when he was making 19 mil a year. Right. So that's crazy. I mean, the fact that after football, he might be making as much or more than he did at the peak of his NFL career. Insane. Yeah. I mean, again, and these guys are getting paid by major corporations, ESPN right. and CBS. Right. This is also like franchises. a must get for right. ESPN because that the broadcast has been rough over the last few years, to and, say the least. And the fact that they struck out with Tony Romo, like mm -hmm. they want, like ESPN used to be like, oh ESPN, I'm going there. Right. Now it's kind of like the Yankees, like there's free agent baseball players. Now Garrett Cole's an, an exception, but they're like, yeah, I'm going to go somewhere else. And now it's like that with you know with the major networks, like they're going to CBS, they're going to Fox, they're going to Fox Sports One, they're doing all these other things. And Peyton Manning, yes, 
ESPN's got to get this because I really do think that Peyton Manning could make Monday Night Football more enjoyable, and I think it would increase viewership. Now, granted, it's the NFL. It's the Honeywell. People are going to watch it no matter what, no matter if it is the Jets versus the Panthers. You're still watching because there's fantasy coin there as well. But Peyton Manning, ESPN, get it done. I'm all for seeing Peyton Manning be an analyst. It's time to kind of worry about the Royals' future star, in my opinion. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 